Welcome to another edition of First Word from First Church. This is Pastor Dave Buchanan at the First Church in Sutton. Please enjoy the message and may God bless you richly through it. Our scripture lesson this morning is the familiar story from the second chapter of the Gospel according to Matthew. Luke tells us the story of Christmas. Matthew writes the story of Epiphany. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them, until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in the dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Lord, we ask your blessing on the reading and the hearing of your holy word. Amen. I was in a department store one day shortly after Christmas. Technically, it was still within the 12 days of Christmas. And I forget what I had to go pick up or, or return in exchange or what the the reason was because that week is not, it's one of my second favorite weeks to try to be in a store anyway. And it was a, a department store in a mall. And I watched a family. They had a couple of teenage children. Here's mom, dad, daughter, and son. And each had a bag full of various items that they'd obviously received for Christmas. A lot of it tended to be underwear, socks, scarves, I don't know, kind of your, your standard things that maybe your aunt would give you for Christmas. Or when I was a, a youngster and, and money wasn't necessarily plentiful, plentiful a, a new pack of t-shirts, a new pack of skivvies was kind of welcome actually, especially the socks because we in Maine, we needed the warm socks. I still get socks for Christmas. But I watched Mom 
distribute out the receipts to each one that had already been sorted. And they took their bags of goodies, and they took their receipts, and basically well, the instructions were, okay, go take all these things back, get store credit, and get what you want for Christmas, and we'll gather again right here in front of this store at such and such a time to go have lunch together. Hmm. Now, it bothered me more than it should have. If that's how they do Christmas, that's great. I'm a little more accustomed to trying to pick gifts that somebody will want to keep, not just take the monetary value and run away. Although, um, having been married for a long time, I know that there are certain stores uh, in which my wife particularly appreciates gift cards. And so I go and I pick up the gift cards. And the promised part at Christmas is that I'll actually bite the bullet and take her shopping in some of those stores while she picks out what she wants. Um, being a guy, shopping in some of those places is, uh, it's a gift. It's a gift to her. It's not something I would choose to do otherwise. I've seen a very, very bad joke that if instead of three wise men, it were three wise women who came to Bethlehem, they would have brought a casserole, extra diapers, and wouldn't have had to stop in Jerusalem to ask directions. Maybe so, maybe not. But the gifts that were brought by these wise men, we've made them kings over the years. We even sing it. We sang it already. Uh, but they were some kind of scholars, astrologers, students of the scriptures of many traditions, if they knew the the scrolls of the people of Israel. Putting it together, it seems like they probably were Zoroastrians from Persia. That would fit the kind of study that uh, seemed to go into what they had learned and, and what they had done. And they had read that there would be a sign, and they followed that sign, looking for the one to be born king of the Jews. These were scholars, not politicians. They didn't realize that showing up in Judea at that time with a slightly crazed and very jealous king asking for the one born to be king of the Jews might just disrupt things a bit. But it did. Herod asked very jealously. And we know that in times after this, when he realized that they'd gone home and he hadn't found this to him, usurper. He committed an act of genocide against his own people, trying to make sure that he and his line would not be supplanted, even under the Roman boot heel, from being the kings of this petty little kingdom called Judea, from whom would come a savior of the world. He didn't know what kind of king they came to worship. But they did. And they fell down, that's a key part of the Greek, to worship someone is to go to your knees in front of him. And they found the baby. They found the picture that they needed. And they worshipped him. And they gave him gifts with meaning. Now, 
sometimes you get a gift, and I have a few times over the years, and it was something that the giver thought I should have, or something the giver enjoyed, so I must enjoy it as well. I've had people in my family who did that. If they liked a particular dish, well, then I must like it or I haven't tried it right. Uh, if they enjoy a particular type of gift, why? what do you mean you don't enjoy reading this particular author? I do. Well, maybe it's not my taste. I try very hard to give a gift not that I would want, or even a gift that I would want that person to have, so much as a gift appropriate to, appreciated by, that will will build that person up or make that person happy. I won't say I am particularly gifted at gift selection and giving, but I do try to think about it and work at it when I have the opportunity to do so. These gifts came with deep meaning. On the surface, what's a baby going to do with frankincense and myrrh. Now, Mary and Joseph probably had need of the gold, and we find out a little later that they need to take a trip for a little while to Egypt until Herod's gone from the scene, and perhaps that was their some of their traveling money because we don't have any indication that Jesus grew up as a, a child with a lot of gold. But gold was the gift for a king. Gold is the gift for a ruler. Gold is a metal that doesn't rust and wear out and go away. Gold is the gift for a king. A king of kings. King in a way that Herod could not comprehend. A king that some of the disciples didn't comprehend until they saw him risen from the grave and were commissioned and sent out to to preach, and it took them a little while then, after the resurrection, to understand what kind of king he was. Frankincense. Now, you've heard the expression, like a frog needs a bicycle. What is a baby going to do with frankincense? It was believed in the burning of frankincense in the temple that prayers rose with the smoke. And the mysterious smell was a pleasing smell to God. Frankincense was very valuable. To get frankincense, the pitch from a certain type of tree, people had to climb down certain cliffs and brave the various assorted snakes and, and poisonous insects that tended to infest the plants that oozed this frankincense. Precious gift. A gift useful to a priest, but befitting one who is God. They're acknowledging in this babe in the manger, the king of kings. Now they're acknowledging Lord of lords. God come to us, God in human flesh. Emmanuel, God with us. Another gift with a purpose, a gift with meaning, a gift appropriate even to a baby, to receive. We're not sure when the wise men arrived to visit with Mary and the child. It's still They're still in Bethlehem, so he must be pretty young yet. 
He had not yet settled in Nazareth when they came back from Egypt, but he wasn't necessarily a newborn anymore. But then the gift of myrrh. That's maybe more bizarre when combined with the other two. King of kings, Lord of lords, God in human vesture. Now the human part comes in. Because myrrh was a type of ointment used to prepare the dead body for burial. Myrrh is not useful to a god. Myrrh is perhaps useful to a king's successors. But myrrh is only useful for one in mortal flesh, for one of us. And there they've acknowledged with the third gift that this is God in human vesture. Now it emphasizes human. It emphasizes someone who will know hunger, thirst, fatigue, heat, cold, pain, horrific suffering, and even death of this body. The golden frankincense, perhaps, hint toward Easter. The myrrh hints toward Good Friday. And the other greatest gift ever given us, if God in human form is a great, great, wondrous gift, the very sacrifice of that son on Good Friday has got to be the greatest gift fulfilled in the resurrection on Easter morning. So these aren't just random gifts. These aren't just something that made for a good song. These are gifts that were given with meaning, with purpose, that said a great deal about the one to whom they were given, the one whom the givers worshipped. I don't know why we've elevated them to kings. In tradition, we've even given them names, Caspar, Melchior, and Balthazar, kind of Persian-sounding. Maybe they're true. It could have come from another source. I don't know. In Europe, on Epiphany, they go about to bless the homes and write the date and the initials of the three kings as, as having visited that home on the lintel of the doorpiece. I know they do that in Bavaria, and they actually did it up in Mainz, where our, our son went to school. It was written above the, the lintel of the little Kindergarten, where he went to a German day school. And uh, just to remember that they came to visit, they came to worship, and that the gifts that they brought the newborn king were gifts of great, great meaning. Meaning for us still today. This isn't just a wise teacher. This isn't a rabbi with a glib tongue. This isn't someone with good storytelling ability. This is a king. This is our God. This is also our brother. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. Thank you for having joined us for First Word from First Church. We pray that God has blessed you in some way, in his way, through the message that we have just shared with you. Please join us again. 
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance over you and give you peace. Amen and amen.